to another episode of Grow Your Patch with Shannon Crocker, where here we discuss growing your own food in whatever size patch of dirt that you have access to. Hello everybody. In this week's episode, we aren't actually talking about growing food. We're talking about growing roses. And I know We've deviated a little bit, but when I came across Jess's Instagram page of her beautiful roses and flowers, I thought I had to have her on to share her tips because so many of us that love to grow veggies also love to grow beautiful flowers and have showy things in our garden. So I hope you enjoy listening to this episode as much as I really enjoyed recording it. And I hope that if you are a budding rose grower like myself, that Jess's schedule will give you some guidance for what we should be doing with our roses. everybody and welcome to another episode of Grow Your Patch. Today I'm really lucky I have a special guest. Her name is Jess. If you're on Instagram you might not know her from Mona Vane Garden and she has some exceptional beautiful pictures in there of the flowers that she grows. Hey Jess, how are you going? Good mate, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Thanks so much for jumping on. Yeah, no, all good. Thank you for having me. Um, Jess, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I'm 33 or four, you know how you forget when you get older, but um, I am married to JT, the local butcher in our small community of Warren out in the central west of New South Wales. Um, I'm the manager of the local IGA supermarket and I have three little girls, Elsie um, and two or twins, Audrey and Eliza, who are one. Oh, wow. You sound like you have your hands full. Yeah, it's hectic. It is extremely (laughs) hectic. And throughout all that hecticness, you managed to find time to garden. Well, I'm assuming like most people that are listening to this beautiful podcast that we all love to be outside. I find it so good for our mental health. The sunshine is just, oh, it just warms my heart. So if I can be outside with the kids, I just love it. So I always make time. It's, you know, before work, after work, just getting out just enjoying, enjoying the time with the kids uh, whilst just pottering around the garden. Oh, no, it's fantastic. And Jess, tell us, how did you get your love of gardening? My love of gardening? Well, I remember as a kid my mum spending long days out in the sun. She was always trying to establish her garden on bore water and crappy soil, but she never really had much luck. Um, but she always tried. And that's what I love about gardening is that regardless of your circumstances, you can continually just give something else a go. She she tried um, most most things, but she also had great friends whom she shared cuttings with her. So that was always lovely. Uh, I remember her always trying to grow a bougainvillea up our tank stand out at home. And so that's why I especially love our bougainvillea growing up our tank. Uh, It just reminds me so much of her. And I just recall garden beds of marigolds that we planted together just by sprinkling some cheap seeds that we got at our local shop and they just thrived. Um, That's where I, I, in my early 20s, uh, mum moved into Warren and she bought a duplex and she started her garden from scratch again and it thrived in the different conditions and different water. Um, We spent 
endless hours enjoying her beautiful garden in town. And then, unfortunately, when I was 26, mum got quite ill and was going back and forth to specialists and treatment and I didn't have any kids. So the conversation revolved around gardens and we would go to every nursery that we could. Uh, We would drive the streets of Orange and look at different trees and botanical gardens. And I think that's where my gardening really came from, although it was a very sad time. It was also a very happy time because we had a mutual interest that took our minds off the situation at hand. Oh, what a special memory. Yeah, it is, definitely. And, and it's something, uh, you know, that's a, being able to do that with your mum and sharing that, that love is uh, definitely something that you treasure. And especially like just doing like a garden walk and checking out what's growing in her garden, what's growing in my garden, going to, you know, the nurseries, picking up different plants, that kind of thing. It's just really special. Absolutely. And so tell us then about your garden now. How long have you been there and what are you doing with it? Okay, so back in um, 2015, we were very lucky to purchase a very nice garden. It um, has loads of established trees and a really good garden structure. Since then, I've planted probably 50 trees uh, and put in all of our roses, um, which I absolutely love. I have a 30-metre pink iceberg rose hedge, which is just magnificent. And then during I, – I have this addictive personality where I – if I start something, I have to have everything. So, you know, like I started buying a few roses and then I'd buy another 20. And then all of a sudden they all showed up and I had 95 roses to plant at the, uh, in 2020. And I was pregnant oh, wow. with the twins. I was pregnant with the twins at the time. But, oh, I just, I love them. So, you know, I've got this big rose garden. I've got lots of avenues of trees that I've planted. Garden beds, just, you know, new garden beds everywhere. I just. Yeah, I, I really, really just find so much enjoyment out of just being outside and just growing things. You know, it's 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 more than I, I think like gardening is so much more than just growing a plant. It's just it's with it. Absolutely. No, I couldn't agree more. And as I said earlier, you know, you are on Instagram, you are showing photos on, on there of your beautiful plants and and we could hone in on on a few different varieties and I know usually I talk about sort of growing food but most gardeners who have a veggie patch also have other beautiful plants in their gardens and often love flowers it seems to go hand in hand and so today I just thought I'd ask you about your roses you know obviously you have a deep love for them you obviously have a massive rose garden tell us a little bit about about growing roses and and what's your favorite rose if you if you could pick one Oh, God, my favourite rose. Well, they definitely are my favourite thing to grow. Like I find nothing more rewarding than being able to reap the benefits of something that you've grown. Um, I love being able to pick my flowers and and bring them inside. It's just so nice. The smell is intoxicating. And I love being able to give flowers to people. I feel like it just brightens people's day immediately. Like in in the past I gave um, during COVID I gave uh, a bunch of roses to everyone on Meals on Wheels because I just thought it was just something that would make their day because, you know, they just, they, especially for the elderly who just couldn't have visitors, um, 
but like in regards to um, oh, that's just that's just beautiful. That's so lovely of you. Yeah, look, I I just I really I really enjoy um I just really enjoy being able to give to people. Like I find it giving is such a uh, beautiful gift. But in regards to in regards to growing roses, my rose prep for the year um it starts late winter. I by the end of July I do my full winter prune. Um I get the lime sulfur out spray for the black spot and it's so important to clean up all the rose debris because that will help eliminate the black spot so carting it all away making sure that you really dispose of it well and then I would add some seamongous pellets um, and leave that until the foliage appears then about mid-September I feed with some sudden impact pellets and maybe about five or six um, this is about five or six weeks after I've done my my winter prune uh, with um, when the when you have good foliage and buds forming, I start the Yates Rose Shield spray program. If you just Google it up on the internet, it's so helpful. And also another helpful tip with growing growing roses is the Trelaws newsletter. They have a um, seasonal newsletter, and it's so in depth, but really, really, really helpful for any new. Uh, rose gardener out there they it's it just covers all bases and it's really really good well, um, that's good to know I, I've, yeah. I actually buy my roses from Trelaws but I don't get the newsletter so I'll definitely no, look just, into that yeah just have a look on Google it's it, on their website it's fantastic I, that's when I first during that first COVID period I uh, just read every newsletter that I could possibly find and um, they have some really great info on that oh fantastic that's great then I I have try as best as I can to get out there every couple of weeks and foliar feed. I love power feed, um, but I always so that we can try and minimise the harm on any bees, etc. So um, I like I like to foliar feed, you know, two weekly and I sometimes throw in some um, sudden impact for roses in the liquid form as well. I mix in uh, rose shield with my power feed on the odd occasion just to um, to try and eliminate the diseases in the roses. But I think if you prune well, you open up the the middle of the uh, – that increase airflow and that should help with minimising uh, diseases. Oh, wow, Jess. Uh, well, you can see why my roses are very substandard compared to yours. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Maybe I'm just good at taking photos and cutting out the bad things because at the moment I have a very bad case of the, I'm not sure what people call it, hibiscus beetle, cotton beetle, mango beetle, oh. and I'm having no luck with that. Absolutely are they the little not. black, what, what are they yes. the little black beetles? Yeah, they're, yes, I, they're they horrible. drive me crazy. Yeah, I, like they are so deflating. Like I go over there and so many not form and so many are just destroyed and it's so disheartening and I can't really get get a hold of something that's going to help so yeah I'm, I'm really struggling with that no well I'm I don't know and I haven't sort of come across anything that that knocks them out either but maybe if if you are listening to this podcast and you know the magic answer to getting rid of those little black beetles that eat the beautiful um buds and the flowers of the roses uh definitely send me a message and let us know and and we might save a heap um, Most definitely, just, and send me a message too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll let everybody know. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. 
so you've got a great um, schedule there, and then obviously yep. that takes you takes you up through this this blooming period. Um, and then, do you do um, a light prune? I know some people do a light yeah, prune in say February definitely. or so. Oh, so like I would um, my roses around mid October, and then I would always leave a little bit. Um, leave it like I leave it a little bit later to mulch because I like the rain just to get into the sudden impact pellet uh, to sorry the rain to wash the sudden impact pellets in but I'm always deadheading for a new flush um you know after that after that first first flush and I I'm pretty ruthless with cutting them back and they just love it like they just keep cutting it back keep cutting it back and yeah I I always you know trim back regularly and so when you when you say you're you know um, for people that don't know or are a bit unsure, deadheading is taking off that old rose bud or what's left of the flower. How yes. far when you when you do your deadheading, Jess? How how much do you take off that stem? Oh, I take twenty centimeters off. Oh wow! Okay. 30. Yeah, like I don't just cut the head off. I yep. chop it right back, and okay. it seems to work here. I'm not sure what other people think, but yeah, I oh, no. I like I'm to, keen to really... give it a crack. Yeah, I like to really just give them a good chop and they good water, yeah. a good malt, um, sudden impact um, mid-November-ish and they just keep coming back, keep coming back. I, I love the iceberg hedge because it is just so hardy, disease-resistant and it just keeps on giving. It is just magnificent. You can't beat the old icebergs, hey? I do like they wouldn't be my favorite flower because they're not the most beautiful cut flower obviously but in regards to just uh oh they just soldier on through the hot dry summer here in Warren and I just love them fantastic and Jess if we had to if we had to do you think you could pick your favorite rose it would have to be I'm a sucker for pinks oranges whites those kind but unconventional lady it is just stunning bright pink one it's yeah very very hardy disease resistant as well and it just is beautiful oh I don't I don't have that one maybe I should be adding it to my bare root rose list for next year oh don't talk to me about the bare root rose list for next year but yes (laughs) I totally agree totally agree and so how many, um, do you mind me asking, how many roses did you put in this year and, and are you going to keep on expanding that rose garden? What's your plan? Oh, that is so funny. The first couple of years that I was out here, I started my iceberg hedge and I was like, I'm just going to have, I'm just going to have that. And then naturally COVID came, 95, then the 55. And this year you would think that I was going to have quite a lot and I had three. with the kids I was like I need to rein it somewhere you're not getting as much time outside um so three this year I would love to put another hedge in somewhere I obviously pinched the idea of the iceberg hedge off another great Instagram page Sally's Rural Rambling she lives near me and it just I would love another pink iceberg hedge somewhere they just are just gorgeous when you drive past on your way to work on your way home from work it just puts a smile on your face so if I was going to go hard again next year I'd find somewhere for a hedge yes that sounds amazing yeah. it um I'm I'm a bit unfortunately where I am I am a bit 
hindered. Um, we've got bore water and it's salty. Yeah, right. Um, so Bugger. I have to be, yeah, so I have to be careful. I have a rose garden and yep. I try and water them with rainwater um, yep. or intermittent with bore water. And look, they're doing fine. I would absolutely love an iceberg hedge, but it should be too far away from my rainwater tank. So I've gone yeah. for a white bougainvillea hedge instead. Oh, stunning. Love, love bougainvilleas. Love them. I've planted another couple this year and oh, trying to grow them up some trees. So mesh and just stick them up the gum trees and really. Oh, yeah. Like, nice. I yep. Just love them. Love them. Yeah. So hard as well. They are. These ones are the bambinos and, and so they keep, you know, I, I obviously had to trim them, but, um, but yeah, yep. they, they're very effective. And as you said, very hardy. Um, but so you've got visions for, for <laughs> visions for maybe another hedge down the track. What other things are you, I know I saw a post recently, you, you look like you're trying to talk your hubby into doing some great veggie garden inspo. Um, you mentioned, I think you had a old orchard and that's probably the place to put your veggie garden. Are those plans somewhere in the future? Oh, look, I went to a great, um, chat, a garden chat with, uh, mulch and Sarah spoke about where to put your veggie garden and she said you know near the clothesline somewhere where you're going to go on a regular basis so too far away from the house and you forget about it as such an orchard in my clothesline but it is quite there's a lot of fruit fruiting trees out there that we don't use uh like there's grapefruits how many grapefruits does one person need I've got three or four uh, then there's obviously, you know, uh, nectarines and peaches, apricots. I don't spend much time out there, so they are quite often affected with fruit flies. So I would like to clean that area up. There is um, some cedar trees in there that just need to be gone. And then I have a Chinese pistachio, not a Chinese pistachio, a grapevine that grows through the tree. So it needs to be trimmed back. It all needs to be bulldozed really and I'd love to put a veggie garden out there I think it had just it had set the area off so nicely uh but I yeah it's probably a bit far-fetched for me at the moment and in moving forward that is where I'd like to go down especially growing your own veggies it's just such a nice feeling it's great for the kids to get them to try new food so yeah I would really like to get onto it how I get on uh it's all step by step with gardening and and definitely planning where you put your veggie garden I think is really important um I had one in the in my house yard which was which was fine but it was sort of in the immediate eye view of whenever we had visitors and I've said before on other podcasts but a veggie patch is a working area so it quite often looks untidy and, um, and so eventually I've just not long shifted my veggie garden down next to my chook pen. So I'm yep. down there every day doing the chooks. Um, yes. if I'm pulling things out that have got grubs or whatever. I'm just throwing them over the fence to the chooks or just throwing them. I've got a compost, um, heat there as well, but the chooks just Perfect love it. Because, yeah. They get all of that sort of stuff as well. And, um, and it, it's been, a, it's been a great move and I'm, I'm definitely happy with it down there, but you know, like I said, I had it in a different spot and then I shifted it. But, you know, I, I think definitely taking the time to plan it out and, and having a plan is is the way to go. Definitely. I think like planning a garden is so important as well. Like when when I got out here at Monavane, I 
although there was a lot of beautiful established trees, I wanted to get my trees in that I wanted first so that it gave time for it to establish. And I think that is one really important thing with gardening is is putting your trees in early and then having a plan about what you want to do next and having a, a bit of a long-term vision of what you want your garden to look like so that you can just chip away at it and you'll you'll get there in the end. Absolutely. And, and that's it. And look, I think as beginner gardeners, we all just buy all these plants and just whack them in everywhere. And then we'll look back on it later on and go, oh, that really wasn't the best spot. And I am Definitely. a much... I'm much better now at, at going to a nursery and looking around and finding specific plants for specific spots and not just buying something and, and thinking, yeah, yeah, I'll find a spot for it when I get home and then realising, oh, the thought, the spot that I thought I might have been able to squeeze it in won't work, but um, which is, you know, and I think that's just something that you get better at as you do more years of gardening. I definitely agree and, like, I think, with the temperamental plants, I do that as well. And there's nothing more annoying than when you turn your back and that they like, I think, you know, going for hardy perennials that you can divide and plant all throughout the garden. It's a cheap, effective way and mass planting things that grow in your area. So if something goes really well in your garden, divide, divide, split it up, put it everywhere. And I think that's a, a great idea to, you know, saves money, but wasting money on things that aren't going to grow in your in your garden oh I 100% agree now one of my garden inspirations is my grandmother she's actually 98 years old today so happy birthday oh, granny um, but she is a an amazing gardener I grew up with her having an amazing garden and she always said if you plant something and it dies well don't plant it again and if you plant something and it survives in your area plant more of it and, um, and I think she's right because I think, you know, if you can find something that works, well then, yeah, you go, you go with it. And I know, especially I'd, where I am here, it's quite heavy black soil. And I know at one stage I had this vision of like a wattle grove and she, she said to me, Shannon, you're not going to grow wattle there. And I'm like, I'm going to try. <laughs> and of course, you know, I think I went through about three trees before I gave up, but but, you know, it, it's it's right, you know, just because I can grow something here doesn't mean you can grow it down there and vice versa. But whatever works for you in your garden, you will work it out as as you go along and, and you plant more of them. Another thing, my other tip that I would say would be getting a hold of like a, a battery-operated uh, backpack. And with your battery pack, that sounds amazing because I'm always dragging around a big heavy heavy sprayer. Uh, what what brand do you have and do you recommend it? Look, I um I just got mine off eBay. It was $99 and it's no flash brand or anything. It it's um six litres, so I always just fill it up with um rainwater so that it doesn't get the dirt and stuff from river water in the filters and stuff. But yeah, any kind of battery operated um spray would be would be suffice. Yeah, that sounds that sounds fantastic. And look, I completely agree with you about social media. There are some amazing people sharing fantastic tips out there. And in this day and age, you know, if you want to start anything and, and gardening is one of them, you, you can jump on social media and you'll get a heap of different tips and ideas and, and garden inspiration, which is fantastic. Oh, I totally agree. Like I I 
when I started my rose garden, I was just following all these different pages and that was just igniting the flame. I was just like, oh, my God, I need that rose. I need that rose. I need that rose. And then that's how the big list happened because I was like I couldn't be without any of the beautiful things that I'd seen on the internet. So, yes, it's a great resource out it, absolutely. I love that. The big list, the big 90 yes. roses list. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, Jess, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I've absolutely loved having you on today and I've learned a lot and I'm sure our listeners have too. And we can't wait to see what's, what's next in your garden. And I'm looking forward to seeing that new iceberg hedge whenever it may appear. Oh, thanks, mate. Thank you. And thank you very much for having me. I've had a great a great time. Oh, thank you so much. You take care. See you, mate. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, you can tune in next Monday for another episode of Grow Your Patch. In the meantime, if you are on Instagram and you want to see what happens in my life behind the scenes, feel free to give me a follow at a country mum. Have a great one.